0: Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to start in verse 30, and it says this. It says, Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor, and let her works praise her at the city gates. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, uh, God, that you have gifted us the, the concept of mothers, and the idea of mothers, and and, Lord, I uh, thank you that we have both a mother and father uh, in, in our homes that we can learn from and that we can glean wisdom off of. And I pray, Lord, that that, that is the case of our mothers today, uh, that we would dig into this passage and better learn how we can honor the people that you've put in our lives and that we might walk out of here um, glorifying you more in our actions, uh, not just in how we respond to the lost, not just in how we respond to our friends, not just how we respond to our coworkers, but how we respond to our moms. Um, we'll say a lot about what's going on in our hearts and what you're doing. And so, God, I pray that you would work on our lives today in that. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, have a seat. Well, today is Mother's Day, and uh, how many guys are like me where you always scratch your head and you're like, what do I get my wife? What do I get my mom? I don't know. Well, I've got just a solution for you. I did some Googling, and in my Googling, I got inside the mind of a woman. And so I am able to communicate exactly what your wife, what your mom wants today. I'm going to tread lightly. What I found is in my extensive research, uh, is that if you can take care of these three things, then your uh, wife, your mom, and your life will be happy. Uh, number one, they don't want to mess with messy parent stuff. So like the cooking and the cleaning and the getting the kids ready, and if the kids are fighting or crying or whining or poopy diapers, any of those things, fathers, take care of those things and your wife will be happy with you. Second thing, they do, or sorry, they want to be able to have more sleep. Let them have a nap today. Let them go to bed early. You put the kids to bed. You make your own dinner, right? You don't need to have your wife do that. Third, they want to spend some quality time with their family. So you're taking care of all the mess, spend some quality time, go on a hike, go to the movies, I don't know, whatever your wife likes to do, uh, go out and do those things. If you do those three things, your wife, your mom will be happy today. And just for those, if you're, if, if, that doesn't work with your mom. A study pointed out that 12% of moms just want wine for Mother's Day. So if those three things don't work, buy your mom some alcohol, and that might... Dang, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. But if that study holds true, I'm not going to have anyone raise their hand. If that study holds true, one in every ten of you women just want wine today for Mother's Day. All right. If your mom wants... Uh, Alcohol for Mother's Day, that might say more about you than her. Okay. <laughs> we are a Baptist church here. It's okay. All right. Well, however you see fit, I hope that you are going to thank your mom and honor your mom and the godly women in your your life today. I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's good that we have a day dedicated to this because men, if you're like me, you're kind of dense and you don't always communicate your feelings well. You don't communicate your appreciation well. Um, I grew up and the friend group that I grew up in was that kind of friend group that all we did was make fun of each other all the time, right? And so I developed the love. Language of sarcasm, and uh, my wife just loves it. My wife loves that I'm sarcastic with her. She would rather have sarcasm more than any kind of affectionate, gooey. Th- I'm just kidding. She would much rather have uh, the compliments that touch her to her soul. But by default, I tend towards sarcasm. Uh, so it's good that we have a day just to reground ourselves uh, that we might be able to appreciate the moms and our, the wives in our lives. And that's, what we're going to, or that's why we're going to dig into Proverbs 31 today. If you don't know, Proverbs 31 is like the, the passage in the Bible that's dedicated to describing what a godly woman looks like. And and I find it funny because if you know Proverbs, Proverbs is kind of written from this perspective of Solomon talking to his son. And he's saying the whole book of Proverbs is Solomon saying to his son, hey, this is how life works. This is how life operates. This is where you find wisdom. This is how you deal with your finances. This is how you deal with your relationships. This is how you deal with your work. This is how you deal with your family. Um, He's saying this is how life works. And he ends the entire book of Proverbs with, and this is a good woman. Here's how you find a good woman. So students today, like like you guys that are like 13 years old and your hormones are starting to rage within you and you're trying to find someone, start here. Find a woman that is like this. I don't care uh, what the world says a good woman is. This is what a good woman is. If you can find this, life will go well with you. Right, So, which, by the way, that leads me to um, a correction I need to make in some of your Bibles. So, if you look above verse 10, if you look in your Bibles, so y'all know how they have like the subtitles there, right? And so, if you look above verse 10, the subtitle for this passage will say something like, the wife of a noble character, or the woman who fears the Lord, or the virtuous wife. Translators add these subtitles into your Bibles to help you get a better understanding of what that passage is going to say. Well, over the past few years, new evidence has popped up, and and translators have found new evidence to give you a better subtitle for that, and I'm going to give it to you today. Scratch out your subtitle and write description of Randy Brown. I have to, man, this is my first time preaching Mother's Day. I have to take care of, like, okay. All right. Proverbs 31. We're going to dig into this passage today, and we are going to pull out of this three lessons that we can learn from the godly women in our life. As it describes this woman, it's going to start to bring out characteristics of this woman. And in these characteristics, they can teach us things and we can learn things from them. So I want to present to you three lessons that we can learn from our moms today. And my hope is, is that as we leave here, that we not only appreciate the women in our lives, but we can leave here knowing that they have value and something to contribute to our lives that they have tremendous worth, and we would do well to um, learn from them and to allow God to use them to help sanctify our lives, that we might become more like Christ in that. So three lessons that we're going to pull from Proverbs 31 and that we can learn from godly women and the moms in our lives. All right, let's get into it. First lesson is the lesson of work ethic. Like, moms have a tremendous work ethic. I didn't realize uh, before I got married and before I had a baby, I thought very differently about kids than I do today. Did y'all know that it's kind of hard to raise kids? Single people might be able to like, you know, uh, like sympathize with me in this. Like, yeah, y'all know whenever you're going through the grocery store and you see the kids having a tantrum, right? And when you're single, or if you don't have kids, you think to yourself, my kid's not going to do that. When I have a kid. And then you have a kid and you're walking out of Target, like the walk of shame, where like everyone's staring at you because your, your child is just losing it as you walk out. What I've learned is after having Lottie, is that raising a kid is incredibly difficult. And Randy, my wife, has much more patience and endurance in dealing with our daughter than I do right? Uh, She's better equipped to work with my daughter and to work with the family. And and what I've learned is just raising a kid is just a lot of work. And you single mothers out there, my mom was a single mother of three. I don't know how y'all do it. Like kudos to you because it's hard enough raising one with the help of another person when you have to raise multiples by yourself. Like you have to exert a lot of energy, a lot of work to just get those kids where they need to go. And we see that same work ethic in the Proverbs 31 woman. So pull up verse 10 on Proverbs 31. It says this, Who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will lack nothing good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. She uh, rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. So we see here a description of what the godly woman is. Here's what a godly woman is. They work to provide for their family. They're going out, and they're they're gathering all the food, and they're bringing that food back to the house. And while everyone else is asleep, she's up preparing that food. Um, so she's up later than the rest of them. She's up earlier than the rest of them to make sure that they're ready to go. She's even got her own business off to the side that she's uh, working to pull in her income. And she's just making sure that the household is working the way that it should. Here's one of my favorites. Uh, Verse 27, just a few verses after that, she watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. How many of you moms can relate to that? You feel like you're constantly going and constantly going because you're taking care of your family and you're taking your kids to and from all their different things and all this stuff. And that's a good thing. Like, Uh, you likely can relate to this description of the godly woman. A study uh, was done with 2,000 mothers, and they found that moms spend around 97 hours a week taking care of their kids. More than half of them reported sacrificing sleep and their own personal time to take care of their kids. Moms, do you relate? Are you there? 62% say they often have to eat on the run, and in those meals, the kids usually have better meals than she has. After all the time it takes to do the household responsibilities, the survey averaged that mothers have less than an hour left at the end of the day for themselves, and 88% said that um, that less than an hour that's left is usually taken from their sleep. So moms have a tremendous work ethic that they give their families and they're willing to sacrifice themselves for the good of their families. And and that's a good thing. Like like we are called to care for others at the expense of ourselves and moms do that. Now, now here's the problem. I'm gonna try it lightly. Moms, you tend to do that too much, right? Moms, you will sacrifice yourself till you have nothing left to burn, right? And uh, I talk to uh, husbands and they'll say, my wife will buy everything in the world do everything in the world for her kids but she will never buy or do anything for herself. And l- let me just give you encouragement ladies it's okay to do something for yourself. I would even say it's biblical. Here we go. Proverbs 31:22 Let's take a look at what the godly woman does. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. Here's the important part she makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen, that's what it's supposed to say, and purple. Now, that seems like uh, insignificant, but fine linen and purple, like those are like very, very fancy clothes. Like, purple was a very expensive color to make at that time. Uh, they associated it with royalty. They um, uh, would liken it to gold. It was at least as valuable, if not more valuable than gold at that time. And what this is saying is that while she's working very hard to provide for her family, to clothe her family, she also takes time to clothe herself and to clothe herself well. She also takes time to make sure that she's ready to go. And so ladies, it's okay. Treat yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Husbands, help your wife treat herself. Like, geez, step in. Come on. All right. So we see that the godly woman takes the time to take care of herself as well as her family. And, uh, and we also see that she has a tremendous work ethic for her family. And, and that's good for us to learn that from our moms, right? Because did you know this, that work actually came before the fall Work came before sin. I know a lot of people think that we work because sin happened. Uh, we actually work before sin even there in the world. Like in Genesis 2, when God put Adam in the garden, he told him to work the garden and to watch over the garden. So one of the main purposes in our life is to actually work. And if we can learn that, that skill and that character of work ethic from our moms, then now we can take that work ethic and work them unto the Lord in all that we do and fulfill our purpose. And so we would do well to learn the lesson of work ethic from our mom. Let's keep going. The second lesson that we can learn from our moms is the lesson of compassion. Moms are generally more compassionate than their fathers. That's why when Lottie, my daughter, falls down, my wife's first inclination is to go help her. My first inclination is to say, get up, you're fine, right? Moms are just generally more compassionate, and studies back that up. There was a study done by, I'm going to try to get this right, there was a study done by Roberto Mercadillo of the National Autonomous University of Mexico's Institute of Neurobiology. It's a mouthful. The National Autonomous University of Mexico's Institute of Neurobiology. In this study, they set both men and women down and showed them a series of 100 photos. And within these photos were photos that evoke and elicit compassion. So like photos of like war or famine or um, uh, kids crying, things like that. And as they showed these photos, what they found is, is that uh, when the compassion photos were shown, there was a sector of the women's brain that lit up that didn't light up within men, meaning men were dense, right? Like, we don't have any feelings, right? Women have lots of feelings. So, they, uh, one of the parts of the brain that lit up was the cerebellum when they saw these things, and they state that the cerebellum may play a role in the decision to execute helping actions. So the conclusion of the study by Roberto Mercadalio of National Autonomous University of Mexico's Institute of Neurobiology is that women's brains are wired to respond with compassion better than their counterparts. Now, here's, I'm not giving you men an excuse. Like, if your wife is telling you to be compassionate, don't go quoting me, quoting this guy, saying, like, I'm just wired to be like that. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at here is that women have a natural gifting and proclivity towards compassion. And we would do well to allow the godly women in our lives to help just pull that over to us a little bit. Like if we could just learn some from that and start to learn that, um, that character of compassion. We see this in the Proverbs 31 woman. So if you uh, go to verse 20. It says this, her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. So we see this woman not only is working very hard to take care of herself, not only working very hard to take care of her family, but she extends that work and then reaches out to the poor and the needy. And I love the, the symmetry it gives in the verse previous to this, so go to verse 19. She extends her hands to the spinning staff, and her hands hold on to the spindle, which is like her work, like what she's doing. And then the next verse, her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. So the same hands that are producing the goods that are providing for her and her family are the same hands that are reaching out those goods to provide for the poor and the needy. That's not my first inclination, guys. Like, I'm, uh, like, I, I don't know if I should admit this, but I am one of those guys that I'm like, I worked for this, that's why I have it. If you want it, you work for it and you get it. Right? That, that's kind of, like, anyone else there with me? I know we're, it's all a safe place. Okay, so that's kind of my thought, right? The godly woman doesn't do that. The godly woman says, hey, I worked for this, and instead of being stingy and arrogant and proud of my labor and proud of my produce, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be compassionate and hand it out to you. I'm going to help you, those in need. The godly women in our lives, the moms in our lives, can help us learn that, and we need that. We need to learn compassion. Children need to learn compassion. There was a study done where they found out what would happen if a child grew up without a mother. And what they found was that there's a bunch of different setbacks and dysfunctions that the the child was more um, prone to. Uh, But here was the two that I found interesting. They found that if a child grew up without a mother, they were less likely to develop healthy relationships as adults, which would lead to short and unstable friendships, marriages, and emotional instability. They also found that personality disorders like narcissistic personality or borderline disorder, or sorry, borderline personality disorder are more common in children who grew up without a mother. They are more probable to get aggressive, blame others, become overconfident and self-centered. In other words, they lack compassion. In other words, their life is so focused on themselves that they can't see past themselves to care about others. So they don't have healthy relationships because they can't ever be sympathetic and meet the needs of the person in front of them. They're narcissistic because they think the world revolves around them. They uh, aren't willing to help others because they think what I think, right? They think, I work for it, I get it, you need to work for it, and you need to get it. They lack the compassion. Mothers have a unique gifting and ability to help us be compassionate. And, and this isn't a shocker. The Bible calls for us to be compassionate. Like, why does the Bible want us to be compassionate? It's because God has been compassionate to us. Like, we're called to extend grace and forgiveness and love to others because God himself extended grace and forgiveness and love to us. When we rejected him, he forgave us. When we fell down, he picked us up. When we turned away from him, he called us back. And so um, God is giving this unique gift of compassion to mothers so that we might learn that from our mothers and that we might exhibit compassion in the same way that God exhibits compassion. So that's the second lesson that we can learn from our mothers is the lesson of compassion. The third lesson is the lesson of wisdom. Godly women and mothers have uh, a lot of wise instruction to give us if we let them. Proverbs uh, 31.26 says this, her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. Now, uh, my mom's probably watching this, so hi mom. Uh, So, uh, let me speak uh, very, let me walk on eggshells here. My mom drives me crazy in this way, and she knows it uh, whenever she tries to instruct me. Like we call it momming, like stop momming me, right? Uh, like I'm an adult, right? And uh, I should be able to make my own decisions without uh, instruction. And you know what that is? That's just like my prideful, like arrogance, like getting in the way, right? And maybe a more biblical response is to like hear out my mom's instruction, right? The This passage here says that the godly woman, uh, her instruction is full of love and wisdom. And maybe I should hear it. And like, at least on Mother's Day, I can hear it, right? But we see that wisdom not only comes out in the instruction of the woman, the wisdom comes out in how she lives her life. So verse 25 of 31 says this, strength and honor are her clothing and she can laugh at the time to come. Now I find it interesting because it says strength and honor are her clothing. Do y'all remember just a few verses back, it said that her clothing was fine linen and uh, purple, which is like, again, the fanciest of fancy clothes. But here it says, when it comes to what defines her, it's not her clothes. What defines her, what her clothing is, is her strengths and her honor. And man, there's a lot of wisdom in that because what the world tells us is that we need to put a lot of stock in what we have. We need to put a lot of stock in what we own and that will elevate us and push us further. Like I remember when I was in junior high, I got made fun of because I didn't have Nike shoes. Like the shoes I had were just like Walmart brand shoes. And I got made fun of because they weren't Nikes. And do y'all find it interesting that, that we put so much weight and value on logos on our clothes? It's something about our society. And this has been going on for, for forever, probably since like God clothed Adam and Eve like with uh, the skins. And it's like, well, my skin is Gucci. Uh, like, Like we've probably ever since the beginning been like saying like we have fancier clothes than the other person. Uh, But we've just put so much stock in that. And the godly woman says, hey, I have all this stuff. I have all these fancy things. I have all these fine clothing. But that's not what defines me. What defines me is my strength and my honor. When you look at me, you might see fancy clothes. But what you're going to see below that is strength and honor. And because of that, she says this. If you throw back at that verse, strength and honor or her clothing. And she can laugh at the time to come. What that means is she's not worried about what comes in the future. While other women might be worried about um, losing their beauty, they might be worried about getting wrinkles and all these things. They might be worried about, you know, not being able to, you know, have the nicest things or live in the nicest places or drive the best camels or whatever they drove back then. Um, she's not worried about that she can laugh at the time to come because she knows that all those things are vain and deceptive. They're not going to last. What will last is her character. What will last is her faith. And so she um, clothes herself with strength and honor. Now, you may ask yourself, where does this wisdom come from for her to live like this? Well, it tells us in verse 30. It says this, Charm is deceptive and beauty is, vain, sorry, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Now, it doesn't say anything about wisdom there, but if you know uh, Proverbs well, you know it says everything about wisdom there because in the very first chapter of Proverbs where, where Solomon is opening all this up, in verse seven, he says that the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so he opens this whole thing up with, hey, we're going to talk a lot about wisdom and how to operate in life. But before we get into any of that, if you want to find wisdom, if you want to find out how life operates, fear the Lord. Submit yourself humbly before the Lord. And so why is the the godly woman of Proverbs 31 uh, so wise and able to live her life this way? It's because she fears the Lord and submits herself before the Lord. And that's where her wisdom comes from. Like, that's where her faith comes from, and, and we would do well to learn that lesson from her, not only to learn what wisdom is in life, but just to learn that the root of all that wisdom is God himself and submitting ourselves to him. Now, men and kids, uh, I'm going to give you a response to do this. So we've, we've talked about all the things that our moms do and the godly women in our lives do. Men and kids, this is what you do in response. The biblical response is this, praise her. It's very simple. Praise her. Like, like very few times in the Bible does uh, it say to praise something or someone other than God. This is one of those times. Proverbs 28, 31 says this, her children rise up and call her blessed. Do you all hear that in the mornings, moms? <laughs> like is that the first thing you hear from your kids is like, bless you, mom. No, usually, uh, usually that's not it. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm, and de- charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. So this passage is explicitly telling us to praise your moms, to bless your moms, to honor your moms, honor your wives. And again, if you're like me, you're dense and you don't exactly know what to say and you're not good with words, it gives you exactly what to say. So if you look at the second half of verse 28 at the top, her husband also praises her. Here's what he says. Men, grab your wife's hands, look her in the eyes and say this, many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. What woman doesn't like to be told they're the best, right? Tell them that they're the best. Tell them that you would not like to be with anyone else but them because they are the one for you. Are we good? Wives, if if your husbands don't do that, just tell me and I'll talk to God about them for you. But the Bible tells us that um, the the women in our lives, the mother in our lives, are incredibly valuable and worth um, everything that they are. And they have a lot to contribute to our lives. And so we would do well to uh, listen to them, to love them, to honor them, to praise them. And to, uh, to thank them on today's Mother Day. Let's pray uh, that we do that. Lord, I thank you uh, for the women in our lives. And I thank you, God, that you have given us the gift of mothers. That we, um, that we might have uh, someone love us as we're raised up and walk us through life well as we're raised up, that we might learn compassion and wisdom and faith and work ethic. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts, um, that we might uh, listen to our moms, that we might listen to our wives, that we would treat them as the valuable item that they are, that they are worth everything that they are, that they're made in the image of you. Lord, I pray that you would convict our hearts where um, we have failed you, not only in this area, but in any area of our life, that we might repent of those things and that we might honor you with our actions and our words and everything that we do. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, We're going to move into a time of invitation and uh, there's no great gospel appeal that we went through today. We just really talked about um the mothers in our lives and how uh, they can lead us to godliness and so what i want to do is just make this invitation twofold can we go and stand up together let's stand up i want to make this invitation twofold one i just want to challenge you and invite you to thank god for your mother to thank god for your wife and pray for her that god would strengthen her and that he would give her uh, the wisdom uh, to help you in your life, to help your kids in their lives, and that that he might use you uh, to help strengthen her. And then second, so that's the first one. Second one is, you may have grown up, and you may have saw that your mom had an incredibly strong faith, that your mom always trusted in the Lord, that your mom always placed her faith in the Lord, and that's where she sought her wisdom. She's always down on her knees, reading her Bible, praying. Yet you yourself never actually developed that faith that she had. Well, this is my challenge to you. It's like you might be standing here today and say, I never placed my faith in Jesus the way that my mom did, but maybe she's on to something. If you want to place your faith in Jesus, we would love to talk you through that. We would love to walk you through that, that you might follow in the footsteps of your mom or anyone in your life who did that. We're going to sing. And however God is challenging you, however God is convicting you, we challenge you to do that. Let's go ahead and sing.